This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. And now your host. He enjoys spending time with good friends. He's my dad, Brandon Burton. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it is my goal to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor for this episode is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Is your chamber struggling to drive the revenue it needs to support your initiatives? It's a common problem, and one that our new title sponsor, Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions, knows a lot about. Doug and Bill Holman aren't just sales consultants, they're real-life chamber guys with 20-plus years of chamber leadership experience. They know how to diagnose and solve member recruiting issues faster and better than anyone else, and they're ready to put that knowledge to work for you and your chamber. Call the Holman Brothers today at 619 852 one three nine one, or check them out at holmanbros.com. That's H-O-L-M-A-N-B-R-O-S.com. Our guest for this episode is Robert Goltz, who's the Executive Vice President at the Key West Chamber of Commerce in Florida. For the past 21 years, Robert has proven to be an energetic force in the Chamber of Commerce and nonprofit industries, approaching challenges with transformative thinking candidly delivering solutions, and a big dose of humor that puts all of it into perspective. This style has served the organizations he's led as a senior executive well, with accomplishments that range from increasing active membership counts by over 100% to obtaining four-star accreditation by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and stabilizing organization finances into the black, creating a cash flow positive status. Gratifying as these nuts and bolts accomplishments are, Robert is always focused on the bigger picture, bringing people together to create thriving communities of involvement and inclusion. He believes that when chambers approach the ever-changing business landscape with forward-thinking measures and smart risk-taking, they advance the entire industry. Focused on being a force for good within the Chamber of Commerce community, Robert is a fun and engaging public speaker that uses his contagious enthusiasm to not only inform, but to create connections that are beneficial to all. He is so driven about being a part of this growth that he likens his work to a marriage, saying, I've been, I quote, I've been on the longest honeymoon and it's been with my career, close quote. Robert holds a BA from Central Michigan University and is a graduate from the Chamber of Commerce Institute of Organizational Management and has continued to expand his knowledge with various industry-relevant certifications that include becoming a DISC certified trainer. He is currently the Executive Vice President of the Greater Key West Chamber of Commerce. Should you ever stop by for a friendly hello, you'll be intrigued by the display of tasteful and artistic skulls displayed in his office. When not working, Robert enjoys visiting other chambers. That may seem like just more work, but when you love your job the way he does, you never work a day in your life. He brings a big sense of humor and larger than life personality with him wherever he goes. And along with his wife, Melissa, enjoys watching their two daughters, Lily and Jessica, grow. With a bit of mischievous nature, he enjoys rocking the boat in life and on whitewater rafting vacations. Robert, thank you for joining me today here on Chamber Chat Podcast. If you will, take a moment to say hello to all the Chamber champions that are out there listening and share something 
interesting about yourself that we might not have learned about you in your bio. Yeah. Thank you, Brendan, for having me on today. You know, um, I know a lot of my colleagues are out there and uh, they are uh, sometimes um, sometimes very amused by what I bring to the table, <laughs> what I do and how I do it. So it's exciting always to speak. It's always exciting uh, to share and be able to uh, get more information from a great providers like this podcast of information to help out our industry. And I want to thank you on behalf of the industry for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be able to do these podcasts for us um, as we go on. Um, something that we didn't mention in bio, we, you know, we mentioned so much. I've got to look at that bio. It's very <laughs> long. Um, you know, I, I guess the biggest thing is, is that um, I just want to have fun and some people in the industry over the years have called me the chamber guy. And I've kind of embraced that before it was that chamber guy. I think it was derogatory, <laughs> but I'm kind of embraced that. And I've got my own logo with it and kind of excited about it because I do things a little bit different at times than others in the industry. And I'm proud of that. And, and it's a lot of fun to be able to share that information. That's right. It, it is a good transition to go from that chamber guy to the chamber guy. That that means you're you're making some some statements there. Yeah, I'm hoping one day I'll get to the. Right now, I'm just at that. That okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, to share with us a little bit about your chamber, just so we can get some idea on perspective that you're bringing yeah. to this conversation, kind of size and budget and so forth. Yeah. So uh, we are located in beautiful Key West, Florida, um, the southernmost chamber of the United States. I have been here only six months. I just moved down here during COVID. Um, we have just over 500 members uh, serving the community. We work in not only as a chamber, but also in the uh, do work in the tourism industry, uh, welcoming, welcoming visitors to our area um, with a budget about a half a million dollars. All right. I can imagine the tourism side is is busy there in the Key West area, at, at least in traditional times. And being in Florida, even maybe to, hopefully it is picked up again. Yeah. Even today, we are busy um, seeing visitors come and enjoy our beautiful community. So it has been a pleasure since I've been down here in that aspect that we, we have been very lucky and blessed in the aspect of uh, having people come down here to the Southern Caribbean Island of the United States. Yeah, that's awesome. So our topic for our discussion today is going to be focused around, and you just mentioned you've, you've been in your new role there in the Key West Chamber for six months. So mm -hmm. you've, you've had a few different chamber jobs throughout your career. Um, so we'll focus our, our conversation today around changing chamber, chamber jobs and some other risky moves. I understand you're one in the industry who uh, doesn't only rock the boat on the white water, but uh, you like to rock the boat a little bit in life as well. <laughs> that is so true. Um, so yes, uh, you know, I have been, this is my fourth main chamber that I've worked for over the last 22, 23 years. And even with that, I have done consulting and assisting in about three or four other chambers in that process. And one thing, you know, in our chamber industry, Brandon, you've heard this said um, to our members, when you've seen one chamber, you've seen one chamber. And I will also say that is very true for chamber execs when they look at different chambers and go to different chambers. They are very different 
um, in their shape, their format, how they operate. Each one and each community I've gone to has been a new endeavor with me having to put on new, a new view of how a board of directors works and operates. Very good. Well, I'm excited to get into this discussion with you. Um, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor and we'll be right back. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar, Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. All right, Robert, we are back. And as we, we teased a little bit before this break, um, we'll, we'll be talking a bit about your chamber job. So you've, you're with your fourth chamber in about 23 years, as you had just mentioned, and consulting with, with several others along the way as well. Um, talk to us a little bit about some of those differences that you see from one chamber to the next, and how can a chamber professional, specifically maybe an executive, kind of prepare for some of those moves? You know, I think in the preparation is probably the first place I'd like to start uh, in this conversation, because I think preparation and changing chamber jobs is essential, especially now during COVID and everything going on. You know, there's been articles out there about how the chamber industry is losing a lot of its key players. People that have been in the industry for years are going to the private sector or deciding finally to retire. And there's a lot of opportunities out there in our, in our industry um, to find the next job that you're really looking for. But a lot of that really comes down to how you look at yourself and really analyzing yourself first. What types of personality do you bring to the table? What skill set? And what are you willing to do or not do for, a, for the next organization you work for. And I think those are really the first major steps one has to take. Because again, for many of us, it's about uprooting our family and making sure that we understand that communities are different. The job just doesn't, you know, there are some core things that we all bring and have learned through the Institute program, ACCE, our state conventions and stuff like that, that are very transferable. But sometimes when you're looking at communities, it's best about knowing yourself so you know you're a good fit for that community that you're going into. Otherwise, I've seen over the past three to five years a good, a good I would say 10% of the people that I've seen switch jobs end up 
losing their jobs or crashing and burning at those chambers that they've gone to. No, not any fault of their own, but mostly the fault that they were not the right match for that chamber. And so that's, that's the hard thing to look at sometimes when you see these great opportunities that you believe are out there and you don't, one, know yourself, and two, you don't know the community and the board you're going to go work for. Absolutely. And I know, I mean, the, these boards that do the hiring, they do a lot of due diligence to make sure they've got the right person. And as that potential candidate, hopefully you're doing that due diligence on your end to make sure you're going to be a good fit for that community. And I've had that situation where I have gone and I have taken over um, the uh, executive position at a chamber of commerce and three months into it. And after that first 90 days, I'm automatically going to my chairperson. And I, and I told them, I think you hired the wrong person. <laughs> There's things that you said you wanted, but really you were not ready for. And that's something that we have to look at when we're going into that, that next job, because I've gone to some chambers I'm not going to mention anything specifically, but I've gone to <laughs> some, some chambers that have hired me and have said, I want you to be, to do the successes that you've done in the past. We're going to give you and hand over the keys to this organization to, to climb a mountain. And when you start doing it, all of a sudden you do things as you've done in the past and you get your hand slapped the first time. And then the next time. And after each time they go, oh no, we want you to make change. And you're like going, every time I'm making a change or doing things that I've done that were successful before, it doesn't fit this community right. Yeah. I and then need you to get stop. conditioned to pull back. Yeah. You, 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 exactly. You start holding back. And sometimes it's about educating. And sometimes it is that that community wasn't the right community for you. And I've seen, I have a good friend who just switched over, ended up taking a job, thought it was going to be the ideal job, great pay, great uh, community went into. COVID hit as he, as he started. He worked hard, got them through most of COVID, you know, and just as things started getting back to normal, the board said, you know what? I don't think you fit here. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Now I got to find another job. And you don't really want to be in that situation. You really want to know who you're going to, to work with and for ahead of time and really do a little bit more of a deeper dive of, hey, it's just another job. We as chamber execs are not transferable like normal people in a community. Yeah, if I was working in the hospi hospitality industry, could I move back and forth to different jobs? Absolutely. But you got folks, we have to remember we are one special person typically in a community. We're the only one that holds that job in our city or our county usually. That's right. So we have to, we have to bring our skills and know our skills because it is definitely a different game uh, to go out there. So you'd mentioned that the opportunities that are out there and I see, you know, quite often, especially in the last year or so, um, you know, chamber folks that are leaving the industry, the, like you mentioned, private sector or retiring and, Whenever I see that, a little part of me hurts a little bit to see good people leave the chamber industry. And then a little part of me, you know, when they're retiring and they're, they've served a great career, I think, you know, good for you, job well done. But the, the opportunities are there. And I wanted to 
maybe have you touch a little bit more. You talked about when you're looking at a new community for a possible move to consider what you're willing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's there's probably a lot packed into that. If you could kind of dive into that a little bit more. You know, for, e- for each person, it's a little different. Um, I've gone to some of the chambers that I've worked for. Um, I have a set plan of action and work that I do in my first 90 days. But are you willing to give up some of your family life? You know, and for me to move to another chamber, I tell my family right off the bat, 90 days, you may not see me. Children, wife, you may not see me in those 90 days. I go into a deep dive when I come into the community. I want to know people. I want to be involved. I want to go places and watch so I can see if I, where I need to go and who are the movers and shakers in that community. I don't trust board members to do that for me. So, Especially when you're brand new there. Especially when I'm brand new. You just don't know. And then especially if you're moving right now during COVID, no, in some communities, no one wants to go out and see and meet someone. They're doing everything via Zoom and online. And so there is no personal connection there for, for some of that interaction that you need to know your community. So that is one of the biggest points for me is, you know, what are you going to, are you willing to give up time with your family? Because people want your time at that beginning portion. The other aspect is where do they set financially? Are you an individual like me? Now, I like going in to an organization that's broken or has a mass of potential. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for when I'm in my, when I'm going through an interview, the words I like to hear, and this works for me is we want change. Mm -hmm. We want to take it to a, a, go to the next level. We want to be accredited, things of that nature. When people start talking about those things or talking about, Hey, we need to get out of out of our financial red tape to be in the black and grow. Those are the things I strive for. I know what what kinds of the chambers I'm looking for. And so that makes a big difference. I don't want to go to a chamber that's already well established and doing and, and the board is saying, hey, we just want to keep on going. That's not me. In fact, when I when I go through the interview process. They ask me, typically always, tell us a little bit about your personality. And I go, well, here, I'm going to send you my disc profile first. And I'm a very high off the chart D. And by the way, I'm a bull in the China shop. If you don't want people calling and giving controversial viewpoints of me, I'm not the guy you want to hire because someone's going to complain about me. And it's going to happen quick. It's not going to, it's not going to wait for a long time. It's going to happen quick and you just need to be ready for that. And I am going to tell you exactly how I think of things and give you my honest opinion, whether you like it or not. I work for you at the end of the day, when you make a vote, I'm going to follow what your vote is, but I'm going to be honest with you ahead of time to say, you know what, that, I don't think that's in the best interest of the organization. And sometimes we don't want to do that as, um, executives, we want to, you know, be that employee. You're not an employee in, in my in my world. As the chief executive officer of a chamber of commerce, you are the person who needs to stand and make decisions, 
and be able to stand behind those decisions that you and your board make. And so, uh, you know, you're the one who has the target. Absolutely. So I know sometimes as you, whether you're just trying to climb up the, the transitional ladder within the same organization or looking to switch organizations, it can be pretty vulnerable. And some would say risky to kind of put your cards on the table and say, here's what I want to do. And there's a time and a place and an order for doing that. Um, would you mind just kind of addressing that and kind of when the right time is and, and how to go about uh, initiating that change? So I would say, and I'll use my last chamber, um, Miramar Pembroke Pines as a pure example for this one. When I went there, they were going, the community was changing, growing, the chamber was starting to grow also. Um, and we were looking at certain things. And over the last probably, I'm gonna say eight to 10 years, our industry has really, I believe, our industry is changing again. It's, it's kind of swinging back to an advocacy model, being a little bit more into that government affairs aspect. And so as I see things, I bring them up at my board meeting. So it was probably two years in, maybe three years in uh, at Miramar, I brought up that we needed to have a PAC. And you would have thought that again, <laughs> what are you talking about, Robert? And I said, this is what we need to do. And I think uh, our largest corporations were telling me, why would I join the chamber when I get all the benefits that you have through our corporate structure? Yeah. You know, what are you doing for me? Well, we, they, and they were very honest. We're looking for somebody to fight for us. So in our community and the local state and federal level, can you be that guy? Yeah. And your organization be an organization that has our voice. And so I said, sure we can. So I brought it up to the board and I originally, it was so funny. We had the meeting. I can visualize it. The retreat right now, people stopped. They, the board member asked me the question. I told them the answer and, oh no, we can't do that. That's going to ruffle feathers with our, the cities that we serve. And next thing I know, they said, you know what? We understand what you're saying, and you know what? We'll have an issues pack only. Okay. It's going to take me probably a year to figure out what we're doing on that and getting our agenda ready and stuff like that. And so we started going into that process. When the process, probably about six months in, we had a commissioner from one of our communities not like the chamber and start fighting against the chamber. And actually went on a war attack towards me. Wanted me fired. And my board said, look at the metrics. And I'm a metrics person. Yeah. You know what? You keep me because I'm bringing in more money. I'm bringing in more members. I'm taking you to different areas. I don't care if you like my personality or not. <laughs> I'm, I'm a business guy and business is designed by metrics. And so if I'm bringing in the metrics, that's what I'm, that's my job to do. And in the process, they started fighting for me. But just before we launched the pack, they said, you know what? We have to add in that we're going to endorse candidates because we want good candidates that are pro-business. Yes. And all of a sudden, whole different door opened up. Yeah. We started endorsing candidates. Some candidates really enjoyed that. Others got a little bit leery. But again, 
You have to look what works for your community. There's other communities that I've been in that I would have never thought about starting a packet. Yeah. Just wasn't needed for that community at that time. That's what was a necessity from what the business community said and from what we were experiencing from the elected officials. Yeah. In fact, the, the previous episode on the podcast, um, I had Brad Hicks on and it was talking all about ad- advocacy and specifically getting pro-business people elected. And that's how the, one of the best ways that you can fight for your business community is to have pro-business candidates in office. Um, and again, it, it, it all goes back to your community and some communities that work, some communities, maybe not so much, but you got to be willing to take the risk. Exactly. And, and I laugh, I laugh when the, these, com- these conversations come up because most of our chambers across the country only get a minimum membership from their city or county. Right. They're not flooding in dollars. What are you losing? <laughs> not losing anything, folks. And so those are the things that you, you have to look at. And, and the thing is, at the end of the day, what are we really? Are we what's considered that 3P chamber, parties, pageants? Or are you looking at making a change in your community? Are you a 3C chamber, a convener, a catalyst, and champion of your community? Make up your mind which way you want to go. Yeah. And, and what works. And for some chambers, chambers it doesn't always work. And again, each one of my chambers was very different uh, in that aspect. Yeah. So that's a good example. Setting up a pack um, could be very risky. You became the target um, in, in many ways. Share with us, what are, what are some of these other risks that you've taken in, in the chamber world? So I look at the chamber as a business. I mean, I mentioned that already. So we've done a lot of things in the chamber industry that I just don't agree with. And it's, I don't agree with. I'm, you know what? For each one of your chambers, it's different. Your personality is different than mine. So over the years, some of the things that, I, that I've been uh, criticized for. <laughs> some of my chambers, I announce to our members, if a chamber member drops, I announce and I put it in the newsletter that, hey, these businesses drop. Please stop all chamber discounts to these individuals. And I will put them listed by name. Yeah. For some of you, you're going, oh my gosh, it's going to hurt you. I will tell you that I've typically got a 10 to 15% return of members from that. And what do I owe a non-member? They're not paying my salary. Yep. I don't owe them anything, folks. And if they're not going to be a customer, they're not going to be a customer. I'm not bashing them that they're a bad business. I'm just saying the fact of the matter is they're not a chamber member because this is what happens at our chambers. And what I found out. It takes usually three years for someone to realize that a business is no longer a chamber member. Yeah, that's true. So I'm doing business with you as a, a, thinking that you're a member all these years. And I I made a decision that I was only going to do business with chamber members because I'm loyal to the organization that builds the community. And then I find out that, oh my gosh, you haven't been a member for years. So we have... At my chambers, I have seen members watch for the, who's dropping, and it will go, if I don't send it out every month, they'll go, I need to know, so I want to check before this. I had a board, two boards now, um, at two different chambers that made it a, made it 
a mandatory aspect that they would only do business with chamber members Why they sat on the board. It wasn't a requirement. Yeah. This is what you're going to do. Unless we don't have a business that does it, this is the way it is. Yeah. Membership grew. And it wasn't me that said that. It was them. And the boards that I've worked with, with some of these ideas of giving back to the back to the organization and stepping it up a level in commitment to that organization, have I, I've been very lucky to have much stronger boards that worked for the organization. So with the membership, how did that translate as you started announcing drop number? Did you see less businesses dropping their membership? Did you see any, any difference on retention? We saw, we definitely saw a difference on retention. Um, Retention went up. Uh, No one wanted to have their name out there. I will tell you at first people were shocked. And I, my one board goes, I can't believe you did this. I said, watch what happens. We did a couple more months. And then I said, Hey, this, Oh, this person rejoined. Yeah. Shamed him into coming back. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and, and you know what, this can't comes back from when I started in the chamber industry, I had a great boss and I'll, I'll put a shout out there to Michelle Dugan. I was a membership salesperson and she would go, Robert, I want you to go out and collect membership plaques and scrape windows <laughs> on the sticker. And guess what? I'm going to give you money for those that you get. Wow. And so on a Friday, if it was a slow Friday afternoon and I needed a little extra cash in my pocket, I go, <laughs> who dropped their membership in the last two years that I'm going to be driving around by? And I'd go and I go, hey, how's it going? Scrape. Okay, got that one. Oh, let me pull. Can I have your uh, plaque? And we put no- notices on the plaque after that saying this, the plaque is the property of the chamber, sure. yeah. not of you. We're, we give it to you to show that you are a member, but when you drop your membership, we want our plaque back. Yeah. And, and you know what, for some people, it's more important that they have that plaque in their window or on their wall. And I had many people when I w- would go in to grab their plaque, who would rejoin the chamber. I was going to ask I that. Yeah. And it was always, it was always this, I didn't realize we dropped our membership. Right. Right. Okay. Well, if you want, we can get you joined up right now. And it, I'm not going to say it happened every time, but 10 to 15%, maybe 20% of the time, that was what was going on. Yeah. So as you're sharing this, it reminds me of a story. So my background is in chamber publishing and mm-hmm. I was working with a, a chamber and uh, was going around, you know, selling advertising on these, these publications. And there was a glass company who had advertised with us for years. And, and I went in to renew their ad and he's like, Yep. I'm always going to renew. And he tells me the story of, you know, several years earlier, there was, there's a big truck manufacturer in this town. And the, one of the executives at this uh, trucking company was a board member, of the chamber, and they sent out renewal notices in this glass company. They were just really slow on sending in their, their renewal. And so this board member gave him a call. And said, you know, we use your glass in all of our trucks and uh, I'd hate to have to look for a different vendor for our glass. <laughs> He's like, I forgot to do it. You know, it's in the mail today. You know, it's the same kind of thing. And it's uh, I know some people will be uncomfortable doing that, 
but the reality of it is, I mean, there's benefits to membership and, and, uh, and things that the chamber does for members and discounts and connections and all sorts of stuff. The thing that most people have to think about, if you are a private business, would you allow the things that happen at your chamber to occur? No. Would you give, a, if you were running a restaurant, would you give free food to people every day for 90 days or a year if they hadn't paid for the meal ahead of time? You wouldn't. It's crazy. <laughs> but yet we all provide services. And, and, and I can't say that all chambers provide services because each one of us is very different. But if you're a good, solid chamber, you're providing information and, and a wealth of opportunities to business on a regular basis. And that's what they pay for. And it's for what? Two bucks, three bucks a day is that membership fee. And yet you're feeding people on and on. And I, I've seen chambers where, you know, a year later, when I typically when I go into a chamber, it's a cleaning house. My, they'll say, oh, we have 450, 500 members. And I'll go walk in and I'll go, you got members that haven't paid for over a year. And it drops down to 300 or something like that. Yeah. And then we're starting to do the cleanup. And the big thing is, oh, he's a major pillar in the community, Robert. We can't drop that membership. He's a major pillar in the community, but hasn't paid his dues in years. What does that say about the chamber? Yeah. It says that we cow to cower down to people of power. We should be the power in our community. We should be able to have the credibility to stand behind what we do. And so I'm very big in, in that aspect. Absolutely. I think that is a great takeaway. Well, Robert, as we start to wrap things up here, I wanted to ask you what might be one tip or action item that another chamber champion out there could, could hear from you and, and take to elevate their organization up to the next level? You know, I think the, the key is to have a great foundation. And so if you are a current, in a current chamber position, not going anywhere, or you're looking at a new chamber, look and see and do two things. There, there's, I'm going to give a shameless plug out there. Um, there's a gentleman out there uh, that most of us know by the name of Bob Harris. Mm -hmm. And he has a book out there that is an association audit book. And it tells you step-by-step step what you should be looking for, for in your organization, the paperwork and everything of that nature. I go through that with every chamber I walk into, making sure that I have all the paperwork, legal paperwork, things set. Then he taught me one other piece, that there's some certain books I have to have in my arsenal to run a chamber properly. One is a board policy manual, an employee handbook, a style guide for the chamber. Most chambers don't have that. And you'll know who you are if you start looking around and you have five different fonts with your chamber name on it. Yeah. Um, those are th the top three and a disaster book. And that disaster book tells me everything and keeps, I keep that with me in my car at all times. It has our insurance papers and all of my important information that if something were to happen to this building, or to my community that I know how to be up and running within 24 hours. Those are the things that I think are the main foundation for every chamber. You get that down and then put your personality and let, 
let your personality shine. That's the other thing that a board needs to look at when they're hiring yeah. is what's the personality of the chamber. That's the type of person they should be hiring because I will tell you every chamber I've been to the personality who's at the head of the organization will flood the rest of the organization with how they are. Mm -hmm. And it can change very quickly in two to three years from what it was to that because of who you are and what you bring to the table. And you need to realize that and be able to let that board know this is the movement we're going into. That's right. Good advice. I like it. Um, so as we look to the future of Chambers of Commerce, how do you see the future of Chambers and their purpose going forward? I think we're already in the move on the advocacy issue that we already talked about. But I had, um, you know, a gentleman that I think has his thumb on, on the game, um, Mark Wilson from the State Florida Chamber, State uh, Florida Chamber of Commerce, uh, say it at a convention just a couple of weeks ago. I think we're going into the communication aspect that we are, that a chamber can be that voice of reason and sharing information that's factual, not opinionated to our community, specifically our business community. And um, made a mention of that um, at the convention. And it's something that I was already working on, but now I'm kind of looking going, wow, I need to really work on this so that I'm not considered the news, the news media of the day. Yeah. That people will come and just say, hey, give me the facts of what this reads like. Without your opinion, I can give you that. If you want my opinion, I have an opinion, but these are the facts that are in legislation. These are the facts that we're seeing in our research. These are the facts that make our community right now. Yeah. And as long as I keep it by facts, I think we're gonna, that for me, for this chamber, it's going to be solid for us. Um, I like that. You know, the other day, this is somewhat related. I was watching a college football game and during the commercials, it, it came up with a, a, a PSA for getting the vaccination, you know, the, the COVID mm -hmm. shot. And um, I know chambers across the country have been big advocates for, you know, wearing masks to keep businesses open, take the vaccine to keep businesses open, all in the effort of, of keeping businesses open. And yet it still seems to be something that's very controversial throughout the country. And I thought, you know, there's a lot of money behind these PSAs and, you know, pharmaceutical companies putting these out there. There's money behind it. Mm -hmm. Nobody's out there advocating for the sun, you know, and just saying, have you gone for a 30 minute walk today and enjoyed some sunshine? Have you eaten something green today, you know, to improve your overall health and have better chances against COVID? So I think sharing information, sharing some facts um, is very important. And there's some things that just totally get looked over because of where money is. And COVID is a, a prime example. You know, for me, it's about giving information, not telling my business community or the community at large that you have to wear a mask or not. That's not my decision to make. Yeah. I will tell you our facts. The facts say this. And, you know, we live in the United States and we have so many contradictions of information. And, and some people want to, you know, some people, for whatever reasons they have, may not want to take vaccination, get the vaccination. Yeah. Who am I to tell them that they are right or wrong? 
you know what? In these past 18 months, the story has shifted many times. All I know right now is that I am vaccinated and I feel a little bit better being vaccinated. And sometimes I wear a mask. Sometimes I don't. Yeah. It depends on how I feel, but I'm not going to fight. I'm not fighting with people. And something that I think some of the world has lost right now is that sometimes we just have to be considerate of other people. So if I go to a place and I see everybody wearing a mask, I throw on my mask, not because I want to, not because I have to, but because it makes everybody else in the room feel comfortable enough to be with me. Yeah. And so I'm trying to keep us together instead of splitting us apart everywhere in the world. Yes. I think that's another key aspect. So good stuff. Well, I appreciate this, Robert. I wanted to to give you an opportunity to share some contact information for any listeners that would like to reach out and connect with you. They might have a hard time keeping track where you're at these days. So if you want to put out the best ways to, to keep in contact with you, I'd appreciate it. So right now, um, for me, I'm at the Key West Chamber, Greater Key West Chamber of Commerce, and they can reach me at Robert at keywestchamber.org. Um, that's probably the best way for anybody to get a hold of me right now. Or I'm going to throw this out there uh, for the other work that I do. They can give me a direct call, and you can call my cell phone at 908-343-1717. And I'm here to assist anybody that is looking for uh, some assistance or just wants to chat. I'm always up for a good chat. Very good. I will get that in our show notes for this episode, which will be found at chamberchatpodcast.com slash episode 144. But Robert, it's been a blast visiting with you. Enjoy your your personality, sharing you know the vulnerabilities of some of these risks that you've taken and, and your uh, career path to where you are today. I, I appreciate you being on and, and sharing these experiences with us. Thank you very much for having me on, Brendan. Thank you so much for what you're doing for the chamber industry. If you are a chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Would you be interested in creating even more value from the processes that you're already doing on a daily basis? Swipe It has been one of my sponsors for Chamber Chat from the beginning. Swipe It provides credit card payment solutions that will save your chamber up to 40% on your processing fees, and Swipe It can integrate your credit card processing seamlessly into your existing membership software. Swipe It does not charge chambers to switch, and they will make switching simple. In addition to these savings, Swipe It has an affinity program for Chambers of Commerce so you can earn more non-dues revenue to support your budget. Learn more about Swipe It by requesting your free cost savings analysis and become more profitable today by visiting chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc as in credit card. Again, that's chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc and you can join many other chambers as you begin swiping with swipe it